Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Sauce. This is episode 12. Uh, we're looking towards week 8 of the 2022 NFL season. And last week was difficult. This week is difficult as well just to get this podcast out. And I, I know that there's not thousands of people out there listening, but it's something that I, I try to do. And, you know, even the week of the hurricane, I got a podcast out. Uh, last week was just too much. I got a lot going on. I'm grading final exams. It, it, at this particular university, the, the courses are broken into two sections in a semester. So wrapping that up, that was challenging. And on top of all of that, my FanDuel account has somehow been locked. Can't get in it. And I had to do the – just felt dirty. I, I was played DraftKings. I, I don't hate DraftKings. I, DraftKings is fine. It's just FanDuel is what I'm familiar with, so it, it did push me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, I did not have a lot of information to work with last week. That was time-constrained significantly last week. It was a challenging week, so I am not on record for last week, but I can tell you that I, I've made every pick perfectly. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. Uh, we It was a challenging week, but my lineups did well. Um, part I will attribute to DraftKings and in the format. Like I'm just so locked into half PPR that, you know, it's difficult for me to just switch over that easily. And I know that it's not that big of a difference, but it is. It really is, especially when I'm looking at scores. I'm like, in a, in a PPR league, you're used to seeing higher scores. I'm like, well, this this guy's not as bad as the box score, and then I realize, oh, it's it's full point. Uh, but at any rate, um, that's just my explanation why there was no podcast last week. And um, again, it was a it was a challenging week. The NFL is just, and and we've been talking about this each week. The NFL is just a mess. And as I have spoken about extensively, regression is coming for all of these trends, and it will straighten them out um, one way or the other. And it seems like at this point it's going to be the other. I've, I don't know that we've ever seen anything quite like this. And I think everybody at this point knows that scoring in the NFL, NFL is down significantly. But Brady, Rodgers, Stafford, Ryan, and Wilson, these are all quarterbacks that I would have felt comfortable going into the season as my quarterback one on my team, you know, depending on how I drafted and where, where I was drafting from and what round I selected these guys in and, you know, who I drafted before them. I would have felt, even Matt Ryan, like, didn't everybody feel like Matt Ryan was an upgrade over Carson Wentz? Didn't everybody think that Russell Wilson was going to be good on the Broncos? Why did... Did we think Aaron Rodgers was going to be this bad? I know we had question marks. And Brady, there's seemingly nothing wrong over there. And I know he doesn't have Antonio Brown. He doesn't have Rob Gronkowski. But he's got guys. Like, don't. I'm tired of hearing these apologists for Tom Brady. And, and maybe he turns it around. But he hasn't been good. And at this point, we're seven weeks in. We're at the point in the season where 
these seven weeks are what we should start expecting and not last year. Last year is gone. It's over with. Uh, this is this is the new normal. This is the information that I'll be putting into my regression model. Um, this is the point in the season where I, I let last year go in my modeling. So my model is going to produce some significantly different results going forward about about these players. You know, players that have historically been good and have been bad this season. So, again, um, I, I, it's just going to change so much for me because, as I've always said, I want players on good teams. And these are all teams that I thought were going to be good. So, I drafted a lot of Chris Godwin. You know, I've held Packers receivers. I've got a fair amount of Aaron Rodgers. I was high on Michael Pittman, thankfully not as high as a lot of other people. Um, I was really high on Russell Wilson. I got him in a couple leagues. I got him in a super flex league. Thankfully, <laughs> I drafted Jared Goff late. Um, so that, that saved that team. But, you know, there again, that, and I've got to, I got to change the way I think about these teams. And alternatively, like the Giants, like, do I have to consider them good? I guess. I guess I do. If I follow my own model. And, you know, at layer in Baker Mayfield, like how bad he's been. Nobody expected that, I don't think. Nobody that I heard. So, we're going to have to start looking at the Lions as, you know. And, and that's one of the reasons why I've been holding uh, Jamison Williams. It's like the Lions are pretty good, especially compared to these these other guys. So, I would definitely like to have a piece of that team more than I would you know, uh, one of these other pieces, especially at the price, which at this point has been free, sitting on my, not only is free, like he sits on the IR slot. It's great. So as we look at strategy going forward, and again, this is not a normal fantasy season, and we're going to have a real big challenge if next season starts out kind of what we expected this season to be, and where, you know, teams were pretty much what we thought they were, and uh, maybe running backs are plenty plentiful, and you know you can wait on quarterback again. <laughs> it's gonna and tight end you can actually get one. Like it's gonna make all of us look silly. I would not. And this is looking way, way, way far ahead. I would not change your redraft strategy drastically. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna be the draft Kelsey in the first round or even Mark Andrews. Like I'm not doing that. There's a running back there, usually. I mean, I will never say never, but I'm just not changing that, and I'm not moving quarterbacks up to the extent that other people may. Like, you know, I'm still looking for that quarterback, just like I did this year. I got, you know, Lamar, got Jalen in the league. Like, you know, I got some good quarterbacks. I drafted them in, like, the sixth round, seventh round, eighth round, depending on who it was. So I'm not changing that strategy. And that strategy's worked out very well. It just was a little too high on Russell Wilson, unfortunately. Uh, but that strategy has worked out pretty well. I'm not changing it. And in the tight ends, again, late second, that's a great spot. Maybe push him up a little bit, but that, that's about it. So I, I, I wouldn't deviate too much or else we're going to really look stupid. 
But going forward into this season, the strategy on redraft, I think, right now, is if you can get a running back that's good, not great, uh, maybe not even really good, just, like, good. Like, you know, you're not thrilled about it, but he's good. I would trade for that guy, even if it's a guy that's been a disappointment uh, some weeks. Like, an Aaron Jones, can you get him cheap yet? I don't know. You might want to try. Because, I got news for you, there's nobody else out there. Like, some of my lineups, like, I'm stringing together. Like, um, you know, and thankfully, uh, I got Jamal Williams, you know, from the Lions. And some other, oh, yeah, of course, I was the big Daryl Henderson truther. Um, so, I've got guys to start. But those guys at the beginning of the season when I drafted them, those were not guys that I anticipate to, to start. So, they've, they've really bailed me out. I don't expect that to continue. I don't expect Jamal Williams to just be an RB1 the rest of the way. Like, I just – and I like him, and he's going to be good. I just – I don't have that amount of confidence in him. If I could turn him into something more consistent, like an Aaron Jones, I would I would do it. Ironically, Aaron Jones for Jamal Williams. Um, you're going to have to put something with it, though. And, um, you know, I got Gerald Everett in a lot of leagues. He's he's a, a piece that – he just doesn't have that name value, and I don't think he has that staying power. I think people are very aware of who Gerald Everett is, and he's good, but he's not Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews. But um, he could be a piece that you could turn a running back that's been good up to this point into a running back that – will be good the rest of the way. And there's not many of those. You know, you're looking at Chubb. If you could trade for Kareem Hunt right now, I mean, I think he gets traded. And you could maybe get him cheap. I would do that. But there's, you know, there's not many running backs out there that I'd even want. Uh, so if, if, you know, like a Miles Sanders, like I'm not thrilled to get Miles Sanders. But he's on a good team. He's been okay. Like, that's a guy. Even Devin, Devin Singletary. Like, I want guys that, that are going to be there on good teams and give me the ability to score on a week-to-week basis. I don't want to be starting Mark Ingram in a, in a flex spot. You know, with that being said, you might look at this from the – an alternate perspective, and you could take advantage of the name value of Aaron Jones, maybe turn him into two okay guys, potentially. Like, could you turn him into um, like a Daryl Henderson and a Miles Sanders? Maybe. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that with like a really good running back, like Ch- Nick Chubb, who I was down on the beginning of the season because I thought the offense was going to be a terrible. Um, but I mean, he's just good. So that would be my strategy on running back. If if you can upgrade there, like you're going to have a, a big advantage. And you could do that for quarterback too and have a big advantage because there's not many good ones. But the problem is you're going to give up way too much for a good quarterback. Like there's just something about quarterbacks. Like the guy that has Patrick Mahomes is probably to part with him. He's looking at first-round value. And if you're giving up first-round value for any quarterback, then – I just don't think that's a good strategy. I mean, he's a different difference maker, but like, you're going to give up what Austin Eckler? Like, no, 
No, because and here's the reason why. It's because you can get like the Davis Mills. And he can be okay. Now he's not going to be Patrick Holmes and again, you're streaming a quarterback at this that point. You maybe go to Lawrence, um maybe even Daniel Jones sometimes like it's just going to be better than if you're stuck with Russell Wilson. It's going to be way better. And I'd rather have that streaming conglomeration of quarterbacks with Austin Eckler than Patrick Mahomes and whoever you can find to play at running back, um, which will probably trickle down to your flex. So you're probably playing somebody pretty terrible at flex at that point. But, again, it's all team-specific. And I think the same is true for Andrews or Kelsey. Like, you're just going to give up so much. If you if you can get them, then do it. But I doubt you can. There's just too good. And there's only two of them. Kittle, like, I don't think you're getting him either at this point. Like, I've got Kittle. I was high on Kittle. And I wrote it out and it starting to look okay. And, like, there's no way I'm giving him up now. Like, nope. I've got – I play in three redraft leagues. Um because I've done more than that. It's not fun. Three, for me, is about the right number because they're all different formats. One's a super flex. But at any rate, I've got – in one, I've got Andrews, and one, I've got Kelsey, and one, I've got Kittle. I, I, was, I was swinging for those elite tight ends, and it worked out at least two out of three, but, you know, it could be three out of three by the end of the season. And I have Gerald Everett on all of those teams. So I have not been hurting at tight end. Uh, but one of those teams, like, I'm going to take a – a zero at tight end because I've got Everett and Kelsey and like there's just I, I'm gonna try to find a trade partner and probably let Everett go but I don't know what like I'm not giving him away like I'm not gonna give away Gerald Everett for just some tight end or um, maybe you know turn him into yeah, you know, upgrade just as because what is somebody giving me to upgrade like a running back? And if Gerald Everett is like a throw in at that point, like I just don't think that teams are putting a lot of value. They don't know how good he's been. I think that a lot of fantasy managers aren't paying attention to fringe tight end scoring, and I don't I don't really blame them. But at the same time, that just means that I'm not going to get the value in a trade for him, and that's fine. I'll take the zero because replacement tight end like. <laughs> How many points are they going to give me? Like, in a given week, I usually win or lose by maybe 10 or 20 points. And sometimes they're close. And sometimes you – I won, I think, the first game of the season in the league by, you know, a fraction of a point. So, it, it's possible. But I, I'd roll the dice. I'll, I'll, I'll see how it goes. In, in this particular league, to add a little bit of context, a lot of teams get in the playoffs. So, it's not like a must win. And, um, you know, w when it comes to wide receivers and redrafts, I would encourage you at this point in the season to start cutting wide receivers that are not have no potential to be great, uh, which basically means stack your bench with lottery ticket rookies. Uh, rookies on rookie running backs, rookie wide receivers. Those are guys I want on my bench. I'm going to have to cut bait with – some guys that are, you know, have historically been pretty good. But just, you know, they're they're serviceable now. And I, I came into the season saying Brandon Cooks, like cut like don't 
and, and that's just really irritating to me. Like, these fan, fantasy analysts, I'm not going to name any, they came in the season, and, you know, I'll, I'll take my lumps for, you know, some of the guys I was high on, but it was irresponsible to talk about DJ Moore in the second round, Brandon Cooks in the third or fourth round. Like, that was just silly. And 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 I know they've been called out for it, but that's the nature of that business. Being an analyst, hot takes like you know people will forget about the one they got wrong, but ultimately when they do hit on one, that that's all you hear about for the whole season. Like oh you were right on whoever, and it's really irritating. And and some of these guys like they're winning. Awards? I don't know how. Most accurate? Like, really? I don't... I don't get it. But, I don't know. Maybe they say one thing on the air and do something else in their rankings. That's possible as well. But anyway, I'll I'll get off of that rant and just, you know, make the general statement. You know, cut all those... Those old veteran... Like the Robert Woods types. You gotta cut bait with those guys. Get the Sky Moors. He's out there in a lot of leagues. Christian Watson, I guess. I don't... I don't feel great about that at all. But he's a guy. And then, you know, you know the rookies that are out there. Go get them. Uh, Van Jefferson, I hope you stashed him. I did. We'll see how good he is. This, this is gonna be it for him. Like, we're gonna know very quickly. And oh yeah, by the way... Um, Dearness Johnson, keep him on your bench. You just never know. I don't think they're trading him. If they did, that might be incredible. Um, the, the rumors are they're going to trade Kareem Hunt. That might give Johnson a role. And at least in the leagues I, I'm in, like that role could be valuable. So I've got him on my bench. So as we move forward into daily into week eight, you know, looking at the the Vegas implied totals, which, by the way, I you know, I started this podcast saying that I was going to essentially base a lot of my projections on Vegas, and they have been so damn wrong. I mean, so wrong. And, you know, I take responsibility for the fact that I chose to use Vegas, but at the same time, they've been just terrible. Uh, you know, who... I don't even remember. Oh, like, which I know nobody expected the Buccaneers to get embarrassed by the Panthers, but, like, it's examples like that where you say, okay. And I didn't even play that game. I think I played Godwin in a in a daily lineup, I believe. I didn't play Brady. I, I avoided that game. But those are the type of examples where it's just so gross and I know that uncertainty is good because it wouldn't be a game. But at the same time, like, some consistency would be nice. And we're just not seeing that. Well, actually, we're seeing consistency in in the fact that all the teams we thought were good are not. And some of the teams that I keep expecting to to show up and be bad, like the Giants, like, eventually they'll show up and be bad, right? Well, <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. And, and, again, Vegas is supporting all of these opinions that I've held as well. So, at any rate, um, I'm going to temper that a little bit going forward. And I, I started doing that before now, and it, it actually favored me. Just 
essentially when Vegas is calling for the the big games, like I'm just avoiding them, and I'm I'm using more of my general knowledge than or maybe weighting it with Vegas would be the way to say it. Uh, I'm looking at it, and I'm, because some of these games that, that Vegas has that look close, they, they don't look very close to me. And some of the blowouts, like, and some of the blowouts are, like, locked in. Like, this week, I think we've got some really good candidates for these blowouts. These are legit. Like the Bills are winning, the Cowboys are winning, the Eagles are winning, and the Vikings are winning. Like those are four pretty solid locks. Now, you know, the spread is different, but just to say that they will win, I think that's a pretty safe statement. You know, maybe one of those teams doesn't doesn't do well or something happens, but I'm pretty confident in the majority of those. Are, well, I'm confident in all four. But weird things have happened this year. So what I'm doing is I'm from those pretty sure lock wins, I'm playing the running backs. And the good news is there's some cheap ones there. You can get Singletary. I think Pollard will play this week. So he's like a free space almost. Um, Sanders. And then, um, of course, for the Vikings. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's... It, but the salary is going to be there. So you're, you're going to have to weigh that against, you know, whoever else you might slide in at tight end or wide receiver. This week, my quarterbacks, I'm doing something a little different. I usually play a couple lineups. I don't do a lot of lineups um, just because that, that sounds like a job. And I've got opportunities to work and and make a, a consistent salary. Um, but that, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to play – couple of lineups against each other. I like Derek Carr and whoever plays for the Saints. I think you play both sides of this game. And if you if you want Tua, like I think he's he's in play. So there's three guys you can use there. You can stack them appropriately. Uh this week I just don't see any tight ends out there, too many buys. I'm rolling with Irv Smith or or Higby. Uh, I think Kittle could be in play. I don't know what his salary looks like now. If it hasn't blown through the roof, then he's in play, certainly. And my wide receivers are going to be guys from, you know, the the teams, with the quarterbacks I mentioned. So, you know, I'm, I'm going with Devontae Adams. But, you know, if I'm playing a lineup and, you know, f- for whatever reason I've, I've – Maybe I spent on Dalvin Cook. Then I might have to go with Hunter Renfro. And that's fine. I think they can both be good. Or at least have the potential to be good. And then, you know, on the Saints side of the ball, like, there's a player for every budget. Like, there's even, like, you never know who's hurt on that team. But, you know, Jarvis Landry. You got Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith. Like, there's guys that you just dart throws. They're real cheap. And, of course, the Dolphins guys, they're going to be pricey. But that might be a good place to spend your money. You know, you, you build a, uh, two lineups. And one has Tyreek, one has Waddle. And then you fill it in with Saints and Raiders. And 
again, running backs from from those teams. They're going to do well this week. That's the way I'm playing it. Uh, we'll see next week how well it plays out. Bear with me. Uh, the models are getting more accurate. Again, we've got to let go of some of these legendary quarterbacks, apparently. It feels gross. Um, well, I won't say that. Like The way that Tom Brady, and, and then this is a little bit of editorial, sorry. The way that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have behaved during this epic meltdown is just not something that I'm impressed with. It's just, I don't, I don't see it. I think the leadership, I don't, the, the, you know, the responsibility. Aaron Rodgers seems to be the most pretentious quarterback in the NFL. Maybe short of Tom Brady. He just, all he can talk about are these guys that are not performing. And let's, let us not forget that he held out for that big salary. And Devontae Adams had to walk because of it. So he owns some responsibility here. If he's that good, if he warrants a salary to where the Packers had to let their best wide receiver go, then he needs to go out there and make it happen. Because I don't want to hear anything about these guys not doing well. He needs to put it in a better spot where they can catch it. If he's that dang good. He wants to be the greatest of all time. Go out there and win with a bunch of scrubs. If not, shut your mouth. Again, I'd like to see him do it. I'm not rooting against the guy. I'm rooting against the way he's reacting to the situation. Like, go do it, man. And Tom Brady, like, I I don't know what's going on with the guy. You hear so many rumors, and we certainly don't want to wish – you know, family issues on anyone. And I, I don't, hey, I don't watch a lot of Tom Brady press conferences either. I don't, I don't hear him blaming a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, he's he's just got to be better. He and he's making a fair amount of mistakes as well. Which, you know, he's getting the ball out, but he doesn't have enough trust in his offensive line. He doesn't have enough trust in his team to hang on the ball for another second, man. Try to complete a pass downfield. Anyway, that was my my Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady soapbox. Hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of Fantasy Football Sauce. It's episode 12. And i um, excited about week eight. And um, we'll talk to you again next week. Peace.